can do it way better than any of us can. Oh, thank you, Lord. Can I have a few minutes to give some word tonight? Will that be okay? I know we're coming up on five minutes to eight. Will that be all right? If not, we'll close down now and go home. All righty then. Turn to your Bibles this evening to Genesis chapter 42. As you're getting there, some of you already know that this is the story about a fellow I've seen this movie on, on TBN, about once every two or three months. It's the story of Joseph. It's the one where Ben Kingsley is Potiphar. Done, I don't know, back in the 90s probably. And every time that is on, I usually got to hit the little record button because I think it's done really well. The guy that plays as Joseph, I don't know his name, but I know that he plays the part really well from what I see in Scripture. Anybody ever seen it? You know what I'm talking about? The story of Joseph. Good, good movie to watch. Be good for a movie night probably. But you know the story of Joseph. He is... kind of favorited by his daddy because it came from his true love. And you know he has these dreams. And in these dreams he, he tells everybody that you guys are going to be bowing down to me. I'm, you know, it's the dreams. He's interpreting the dreams. God is preparing him for something. And his daddy makes him a coat of many colors. And the brothers are very jealous. They don't like the idea that you think we're going to bow down to you. Let me tell you something. If that's something that's in our spirit today, then we can never, ever bow down to Jesus. Let me say that again. If that's something that is in our spirit today, the pride of this kind of thing, we'll never be able to bow down to Jesus. We can play lip service. We can put on the suits and the ties, walk in the church and raise our hands and do all these kinds of things. But when it gets down to the real meat of it, the stuff that's in the Word, the Word of God, what the Holy Spirit gives us, we won't be able to bow down to Him. That's very sobering, isn't it? But here Joseph is, he does this, his dad makes him a coat of many colors, and he's out with his brothers, and they're tending the flock, and what do they do to him? They throw him in a hole. When they throw him in this hole, they left him for dead. They killed an animal, put some blood on it, took it back home, told Israel this, you know, we don't, it's, I don't know what happened. I'm ad-libbing here, okay? Y'all know where I'm going, okay? And so he thinks his boy's gone. He's dead. But they sell him into slavery is what they do. And he goes into Egypt, and Potiphar takes him in. Now, have you ever been accused of something you didn't do? You got that in this story here. He was accused of something that he didn't do. As a matter of fact... He was a man's man. 
because Potiphar's wife comes on to him. And I love what he says. He says, you know what? This ain't right, and I'm not going to do it to who? God. He was able to say, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it because it's going to upset Sweetie or because it's going to be wrong to her. He said, I'm not going to do it because it's wrong to God, and I'm not going to do it. And so what does she do? She makes like she couldn't handle the rejection. She really must have been real full of herself. You know anybody like that, real full of themselves? And so she tells her husband, who is kind of a, a big guy in, in, you know, as far as rank structure goes, that this boy came on to me, left his coat behind or his cloak behind, and that's evidence he was there. And yet Potiphar, he can't believe it, but he has to do something. Now, ain't that just weak? He has to do something, but he don't do what's right. He has to follow the crowd. He has to say, well, I've got to please my woman. He was impecked. And so Joseph gets thrown into prison. When he goes into prison, he, he, he flourishes, basically. He's doing all these good things. But then Pharaoh has a dream. Can't understand it. It's driving him nuts. So they're like, hey, there's this fellow that knows how to interpret dreams. They go get him, and not only is he able to interpret the dream, he's able to give the solution. There's going to be seven years of plenty, then there's going to be seven years of famine. And so what does Pharaoh do? Basically puts him in command of the nation, second to him. Prime minister, very good. So he's calling the shots. He's leading things. Probably not to the pleasure of many, but it doesn't matter because Pharaoh said this is how it's going to be, therefore that's how it is. And then we know famine comes in to the whole region. And when this famine comes in, it hits Israel's people too. And so he sends his boys down to see if we can get something from the Egyptians. Verse 42, starting in verse 1. When Jacob learned that there was grain in Egypt, he sent to his sons, he said to his sons, why do you just keep looking at each other? He continued, I've heard that there is grain in Egypt. Go down there and buy some for us so that we may live and not die. Then 10 of Joseph's brothers went down to buy grain from Egypt. But Jacob did not send Benjamin, Joseph's brother, with the others because he was afraid that harm might come to him. So Israel's sons were among those who went to buy grain for there was famine in the land of Canaan also. Now Joseph was the governor of the land, the person who sold the grain to all its people. And when Joseph's brothers arrived, guess what they did? They bowed down to him and their, with their faces to the ground. And as soon as Joseph saw his brothers, he recognized them. But, they, but he pretended to be a stranger and spoke harshly to them. Where do you come from? From the land of Canaan, they replied, to buy food. Although Joseph recognized his brothers, they did not recognize him. Go down to, flip over a page or two to 
chapter 45, verse 1. Then Joseph could no longer control himself before all his attendants, and he cried out, Have everyone leave my presence. So there was no one with Joseph when he made himself known to his brothers. And he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard him, and Pharaoh's household heard about it. Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still living? But his brothers were not able to answer him because they were terrified at his presence. And then Joseph said to his brothers, Come close to me. When they had done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save the lives that God sent me ahead of you. What a story. And he probably had to spend some years really seeking God to be able to get to the place that he was at. He had to have the heart of God to be at the place he was at. I'm not talking about being in Egypt. I'm talking about that the accusers come walking in. What did he say? God sent me ahead, so don't worry about it. It's okay. You see, we go through these kinds of things. Ask yourself, do I have that same kind of spirit about me? Because you know what? There's going to be enemies that's going to come at the door. Can I tell you something? God knows all about it. Before they ever walk in, there's going to be something going to happen next Tuesday probably in your life or my life. Maybe not Tuesday, might be Wednesday. Someday, maybe weeks down the road or years down the road. Can I tell you something about it? It's already comforting for you to know to walk out of the church tonight knowing that God already knows it's coming. He already knows all about it. And he is in control, amen? So these brothers gets rid of him for what? Jealousy, envy. He ain't doing it how I want him to do it. He didn't like the idea, I got to bow down to you. He couldn't handle that. But you see, God had a plan. And here this man gets falsely accused, and yet he's put in all these places. And here's the thing I want you to get. Out of all of that, out of all of that, I, I dare say that many people in the world today, even those that are Christians who haven't grown up, can I say that? Would that be all right? Even those that haven't grown up can tell Joseph, oh, you need to do them in, buddy. They have did you wrong, and there is, you've got to do something. That's what the world says, and sadly, that's what many Christians say. But you want to know something? That's, he's a, he, he, he lets us see how Jesus is. You notice that whenever he was in this room, he sent all these Egyptians out because he was about to tell them well you got rid of me you sold me into slavery and here's their governor somebody who they love and had he done that with those people sitting in that room they would have probably done something very bad to his brothers but you see what he did he got them out of the room before he revealed himself he protected them Oh, don't that just hit close to home? He protected 
who was one time probably his enemies. Isn't that strong? It's hard to do, isn't it? Can I tell you it's hard to do in the flesh? It's easy to do in the spirit. When the flesh is talking, well, we got all kinds of things we can do. We sit and lay awake at night thinking about the things we can do to get even. Or I'm just waiting for the opportunity for the next shoe to drop, so to speak. See, it's not how Jesus does business. You know, the Bible says that he is at the right hand of the Father doing what? Making intercession. What's he doing? He's praying. Who's he praying for? Who's us? Me and you, the believers. Okay. And sometimes I make Sweetie a little mad because I am just like not the best dude in the world, you know. Can I use that? But we can't get on the outs with each other. You know why? Because I'm a child of God. Bought paid for by the blood of Jesus. Don't y'all go home thinking we're fighting or nothing, okay? I just don't want to pick on nobody else. She is a child of God, bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus. Now, get a load of this. How in the world can I justify or can she justify not praying for me or me not praying for her when Jesus is doing it for both of us? Huh? Is that not what the word tells us, don't it? That's like where it goes. If he is forever making intercession and praying for me, then there ain't no way in the world how me and her can be on the outs or me and Brother Gene can be on the outs or anybody else. We've got to be praying one for another. And I'm going to tell you something. When Jesus is praying, folks, he gets down to business. When Jesus is praying, he's pulling out all the evidence. He's showing the Father those nail-scarred hands. He's saying, look at my side, how it's ripped up. Look at the picture of me, how I was when I came off of the cross. Look at me and what I have paid for. And guess what? He belongs to me. And when he's praying, he's getting down to business about praying. He ain't walking in and saying, well, i got to do this so God forgive him. And the whole time, got unforgiveness sitting in your heart. You Don't you know God can see what's going on? And he reveals these things to us. You see, church, before we can ever minister to people in the world, that's the kind of heart we got to have. Amen? Every one of us. Pete, you become a bad apple and can't do that, honey. You're going to hold up a whole lot of work for Jesus here. I'm picking on my family, so I'll be on the couch tonight. If you call and I don't answer. <laughs> Downstairs where the phone don't work much. Don't even get texts much. No, they know I love them, right? Ryan, he done disappeared. But you see the picture that's there? 
How that he is making intercession for us. And how Joseph showed us a picture of Jesus. How he had every right in this world, according to the world, to do bad and to do evil against his brothers. But yet God had sent him ahead, what? To be able to save many. Israel's people, the nation of Israel was about to die because they wouldn't know food around. And this is how they survived. We got to understand that. They were dying. You don't make a trip to go get some corn and some grain unless you're hungry. You don't take all the wealth that you have and the, and the beautiful gold statues that people talk about when they walk in your house or this fancy car that we're riding around. We don't get rid of that stuff so we can put a little bit of bread in our belly unless we are hungry. We try to find every way around it. We'll run the credit cards out the roof just so we can maintain lifestyle, but at some point it comes to a halt. It comes to an end. And God says, that's fine, because I need you to be able to get down here where you can see clearly. So, I felt like the Lord wanted us to go this route tonight. I wasn't sure. Because he gave it to me this week. And I want you to know what Jesus is saying to you and me. Even after we have become saved, we're children of God. I won't be the first one to raise my hand. I don't care if you do or not. But you ask yourself this question honestly. I've done some things that if it wasn't for the blood of Jesus and forgiveness, he's got every right to kick me out. Amen. Even since I was saved. But Jesus is not like that. He is saying to me, I love you. I love you. I want to cleanse you from all these bad things. I want to cleanse you from all this unrighteousness. I want to help you. I want to help. That's what Jesus is saying to you and me. And he's telling us this is how we're to live our lives. If the Holy Spirit is in us. Brother Jesse was running the aisles this morning. Hands in the air. <laughs> huh. <laughs> see that's the kind of relationship God wants to have with us the one where we can come to him no matter what and boy he shows us a lot of things sometimes don't he as for me I don't know about you but as for me I look in the mirror and I'm like how in the world can you love me even now how can you love me Lord Can you love me? I don't understand it. I don't understand it all. But I know he does. No matter what, I know Jesus loves me. And he loves you. And the quicker we get that inside of our spirits, 
life will be a whole lot better. Oh, it don't mean that things ain't going to happen. Brother Will, you're not going to drop tires on you. You're still going to drop tires on your foot and things like that and trip over things. Things are going to come. But where, where it's important is he loves you. And he'll get us through anything that we face, no matter where we're at. Jesus wants to help us. It's not some cosmic killjoy sitting in heaven waiting for us to mess up so he can throw a bolt of lightning down and hit us in the head and knock us out. God's not like that. We get to see that here in this story. We get to see that in Jesus going to, to Calvary to pay the price the only way it could be paid. We see this in the Bible where he's teaching us to pray. Not just to be able to recite the Lord's Prayer, but pray what he's showing us. Y'all remember a year or so back we did that couple of weeks we went through that little study about just what he's showing us? How to pray? So let's pray tonight. I want to close out tonight if you stand to your feet. And I want you where you're at if you want to come to the altar. Can I tell you, if there's something sitting inside of your heart tonight that's keeping the Lord from working and not doing it his way, can I tell you tonight that Jesus is standing here and he's right here with his hand out saying, I love you. And I want to help you through this. I want to help you through this. And we'll take his hand if we won't help. Don't let the devil tell you that that's not the right way. Because let me tell you something, that's the only way. That is the only way. He says, I want to help you. So this is your time to pray. We've prayed for everybody else and other needs and all, and we're going to end this way tonight. If somebody's praying, just be reverent and in your talking and visiting or fellowshipping as we get ready to leave here tonight. But if you're praying tonight, don't stop until you pray through. You understand what I'm saying? Don't stop until you pray through. It could be the environment. It could be the voices around. It could be something that's in you that's keeping you to get to that place. But I promise you this. If you really are letting the Lord search your heart, really letting him work, we can pray through. And we can be like this picture of Joseph. We can be like this picture of Jesus. And that's where freedom is. He told his brothers, he said, come close to me. Come close to me. Jesus is saying to us every day, come close to me. Amen. Come close to me. Come and let me minister to you. I think you got the gist of this me this message tonight. Let's just ask the Lord to cleanse us from these unrighteous things. Other people don't get to see them, right? Other people don't always get to see those things, and we think they're hidden. We think they're buried underneath the sand. But you want to know something when a Russian mighty wind comes along. You know, they're finding things in the desert today. Proven that biblical history is so. Why? Because for centuries there's been sand on top of these ruins. And a lot of people have used that as a platform to say, well, those are just not real tales. 
and now archaeologists are going in and they're digging and the wind is blowing this stuff off. See, that's what the Holy Spirit does. He comes in and he blows all this, this covering off. Thank God he does. Thank God he does. Let's seek him out tonight. Seek him out tonight.